ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device if you are a subscriber. So if you're not, you got to become one so you can get these whenever they are published. And I know after a game, it could be a little bit later. And sometimes during the week, it publishes at a slightly different time. So make sure you're subscribed. You can even watch the show on YouTube. Ring the bell there. Get notified when the video drops on YouTube. Would also encourage you to join that growing Celtics community on the YouTube page. If you want a place to talk to everybody that's not toxic like Twitter, it's funny that I say a YouTube comment section is the place to be, but the Lockdown Celtics YouTube comment section has been really good. So check that out. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I used to play professional basketball many, many, many years ago. Uh, I've also written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. And this is a this is a weird place to be, I think, for Celtics fans because Celtics lose to the Indiana Pacers 117-112. And I know that I know that not as many people are going to listen, be listening and not as many people are going to be watching. No one wants to sit here and wallow in three losses to teams. This was supposed to be a huge stretch for the Celtics heading into what's going to be a tough road trip. They were supposed to beat the Orlando magic. At least one of those times you can say, okay, you're going to, it's hard to beat a team twice. Maybe, maybe you get a split. You're supposed to beat the Pacers. You're supposed to beat the Minnesota Timberwolves because Milwaukee is coming up. And then Houston, you got Houston and, and, and the Clippers before you head out to Denver, OKC, Dallas, and San Antonio. And even though the San Antonio Spurs are kind of bad, <laughs> this is, this is, uh, there's no guarantees anymore. So we're in, a, we're in this weird spot. And I just kind of want to talk through it before we get into the game. Before I, I it's both infuriating. Because you're watching the game. I know what's I know what's going on. You watch the game, you're sitting there through the first half, and you're thinking, what why can't they just make a shot? Why can't they just make a layup? Why are they passing the ball to nobody? Why why are the passes way behind guys? Why are they dribbling so much? Why? 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 And you watch that first half and you I can feel people's blood boiling. I can see it as people start tweeting and people tweeting at me and people leaving comments in my, my uh, Boston sports journal live coverage, where there are people in the comment section there and I can feel it all bubbling up and we become prisoners of the moment because the Celtics have lost five of their last six and it just feels bad. It starts with the golden state loss, which was 
maybe the most disappointing loss of the season for so many people because it's the Warriors and that was supposed to be the revenge game and the Celtics were rolling so well. They had just beaten Phoenix. They had like a 50-point lead against the Phoenix Suns and okay, yeah, they just lost to the Miami Heat in overtime, but they they were on a real roll. What was this? Five, eight out of nine games that they had won. They hadn't lost two in a row more. At that point, they hadn't lost two in a row other than uh, once early this season. And then, you know, they lost a couple on that road trip. You think, okay, they beat the Lakers. It's fine. It's only two in a row. Not a big deal. This was supposed to be the road trip where everybody says, okay, it's we're moving forward. Now we're, we're, we're past it. And now three straight losses, five out of six. Mentally, everybody's thinking, oh, whoa, 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 what's, who are these guys? What's happening? And then they pull off a second half in, in this game against Indiana. And you go, oh, well, well, that, that's what we're looking for. That's what I want to see. Why can't that happen more often? Does it take Jason Tatum being smacked across the face and not getting a call for him to be pissed off enough to drop 41 points? Is that what it takes? What does it take for guys to start playing hard and getting to does it does it take being down 30 and being booed in your your own home court for you to realize that you've got to play hard to go out there and 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 win? It's tough to watch this team right now, especially with the promise of what they've been. And Joe Mazzula referenced it after the game. He said, you know, you get up to the start that we got out to, and, and that's the, the standard. And it's hard to live up to that standard, which is, yes, he is completely correct. It's hard to live up to that standard because that standard is impossible. The, the standard, even though it was done, the Celtics did it, that standard was it was historically great. And maybe it was a little bit of a disservice to the Celtics for them to go on that run at the beginning of the season, because last season they did it at the end of the season and people that, that was received differently for them to come out and start so great. Now everybody's expecting it. Last season, people were waiting for the other shoe to drop. Going, okay, this is wow, this is a great run. This is, whoa, this is an even better run than I thought. Oh my God, they're still going. And it was just fun. And they kept it going until the last three games of the NBA Finals. But that was still a hell of a run. Now they have a standard that they have to live up to. They came out, they came out focused. And I think it speaks to the adversity that they faced in the off season. And when I say they circled the wagons, they were able to focus just completely on basketball. And I think this historic run to start kind of took the focus off of the basketball on the court and started turning the focus onto some individuals. I think we started to see the Celtics, get a lot of individual shine. 
Jason Tatum's the MVP candidate. Jalen Brown, should he get MVP votes? Oh my God, Derek White is shooting the lights out. Grant Williams, how much money is he making with the way he's playing? All of these things, and I'm not saying I'm calling out all of these guys individually, but I'm saying the focus has kind of or had kind of gotten away from the team and what the team needed to do to win. And so my my big takeaway right away from the Pacers game is I think this team has gotten away from true team basketball. I think this team has gotten away from the things that work and the things I've been talking about in the podcast before about ball movement and protecting the ball and, and the, you know, other teams jumping the passing lanes and all that stuff. But it's all, I think, centered around they have gotten away from true team basketball. And they have gotten a little too much into the, hey, look at me, I'm awesome. I don't think it's intentional. I don't think that it's uh, a negative. I don't think it comes from a bad place. But I do think that there's some level of either satisfaction hey i feel good about this feel good yeah i'm good man Whew. feels good to be in this spot relax just a little too much or maybe it is a contract thing or maybe it is a status thing maybe it is a i need to prove that i'm this or that thing whatever it is celtics i think had gotten away from it and in the second half they got against indy they got back to it to some degree I'll continue this and get into more of the, the, what I mean by the, the individual stuff and the choices that these guys have to make. Uh, I'm going to do that in just a moment. First, today's show is brought to you by the NHTSA. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you are wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you are not because the bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different and driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI paid for by the NHTSA. Hey, thanks for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Make Lockdown Sports today your second listen every day. All the major stories in, in sports across the sports world 22 minutes or so in a podcast, local hosts, local experts, 
podcast like you're not going to get anywhere else. Find it where you found this podcast, even if it was on YouTube. So the Celtics, I'm going a little bit more big picture with today's post-game podcast because I, I just feel like there's this kind of existential grief happening when a team that was flying as high as the Celtics uh, comes crashing down a little bit. And maybe you're, maybe there's a little Icarus happening. Maybe they flew a little too high to the sun and maybe they, they are, are paying the price for that. But the, the one thing we have to keep in mind is the Celtics were in such a good spot that they still are tied for the most wins in the NBA. They trail the Milwaukee Bucks by half a game. Milwaukee's 22 and 9, the Celtics are 22 and 10. The Milwaukee Bucks come in on Saturday. So I'm I'm Sunday, I'm sorry. So in two games, these two teams will face off against each other. Uh the Celtics have a better point differential than the Milwaukee Bucks. The Celtics um are right there. They have top 10 defense and offense now. Their defense is 7th overall, so they've risen from way down at the bottom and their defense is now up in the to, into the top 10. Their offense has dropped slightly behind Phoenix, so they're no longer the number one offense in the league. That's problematic. But keep into some perspective here that the Celtics are still one of the best teams in the league, and they've gone through this little slide. It's December, and as I wrote on Boston Sports Journal, it is a little bit relatable that these guys are kind of going through their thing in December. Haven't we all resorted to some bad habits between Thanksgiving and Christmas? Haven't we all kind of gotten away from the things that have worked for us? Have, aren't we all a little bit guilty of letting go of the, the habits, the good habits that we're supposed to have and maybe making some poor choices in our lives? And you can say, yeah, well, these guys are paid millions of dollars to do it, but hey, Sometimes you make a string of poor choices. That's just how it goes all, you know, through, throughout the course of life. Life is about choices and the Celtics are making poor ones. And after the game, Joe Mazzula said, we've got to choose who we are. Are we the team that we play that, that we were in the first half? Or are we the team that we were in the second half? Which one do we choose? Which one? So the Celtics have choices to make and they have to make these choices because if you don't make the choices soon the choice will be made for you and this isn't a time to panic this isn't a time to say oh my god these teams this you know whatever people might be saying this team's fraudulent or whatever they're still 22 and 10 despite the 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 five in six losses so the choices that they have to make are, are they going to play the type of basketball that is necessary to win games? This team has to understand. They absolutely have to understand. They are only as good as their effort. They're not as good as their talent. They're not as good as the papers say. Uh, they're not as good as the, you know, the internet says. They're only as good as the work that they put in, their effort that they put in. They are not good enough. They're not in a mental place to be good enough to coast to wins. 
This isn't the team like the 2010 Celtics where you say, ah, we're going to, we're just going to cruise through some of these games, turn it on in the fourth quarter because those guys are in their thirties. They've won a championship. They know what it takes. They know exactly how much effort they need to put in. And that's it. Now this Celtics team is still for all of their experience, for all the stuff that they've been through for all of the, you know, they, they made it this far in the, in the, into the finals. And that's still a loss that haunts them. All of that stuff for all of that stuff. They are still not at that next level. They're still not at that level of, okay, it's the Pacers. We're going to, we're going to cruise through the first half and you go, Oh, wow. Okay. Um, we really, they're really going on a run. Let's just, let's just keep them at bay here. The, the, the best teams, those championship level teams with a bunch of veterans on them, they probably would have come together with a, a 10 2 run in the middle of that second quarter to say, okay, we're just going to, we're going to put in a little of effort here. We're going to put in a little effort and we're going to, we're just going to keep it close enough. We're not going to put in a ton of effort now. We'll save it for the fourth quarter. The Celtics don't do that. The Celtics just, they let things snowball. And and when they get away from the good choices, what does that mean? Guys try to do too much. Guys try to do it on their own. And it doesn't come from a bad place. It just comes from a place of the ego is too high. Guys think, for whatever reason, I have to do this myself. And that's not how this is going to go. This is not going to be, I'm going to shoot us out of it. I'm going to score us out of it. Tatum in the second half kind of started to say, okay, well, I'm going to carry this team. But that was, that was a different level because after he got hit in the face and they didn't call the foul, he went to the rim twice ended Aaron Neesmith's life and then had an awesome move, spin dribble down the middle of the lane where he got fouled and got two free throws. That is Jason Tatum playing up to his capabilities. That's him saying, all right, let's play some basketball. Let's go do this. That's not, that wasn't ISO. That was transition. That was, that was getting into transition and saying, all right, you guys can't stop me. I'm just going to keep getting to the front of the rim. That level of aggression is perfect. That's exactly what they want. That's what the Celtics want. That's we want what we want to see. But the Celtics get away from that too much. They get away from the paint touches. They get away from the attacks. They get away. And, then, and what you see is what happened in the first quarter. The Celtics were out the first half, I should say. Celtics were outscored in the first half by 28. They, oh, I, I had this written down. <laughs> they came out to an 11-5 run. And then after that, so it was 42-22 at the end of the quarter. So it was 37-11. The Celtics were outscored 37-11 in the final eight minutes of the first quarter. Are you kidding me? Eight minutes, 37 points. Are you kidding me? 
And they just let it go. They let it snowball. It just kept on piling up. And every guy kept saying, okay, we're going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to make it happen. Try to make a play. Oops. I didn't make that play. I missed. And then it starts to pile up and you can't let that happen. You just can't let that happen because as good as the talent is, you're only as good as your effort. And if you're not putting in the effort and not putting it in the right places, you're not going to beat these teams. Uh, Matt Moore had a great stat on the Lockdown NBA podcast about teams above 500. I might have mentioned this. Teams above 500 playing teams below 500. And this definitely applies to what the Celtics have gone through. I'll be talking about that in just a minute. First, today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash NBA. Now, I am a staunch advocate of therapy and mental health because, hey, as an athlete, I've had a number of injuries, a number of injuries, and things you can see. I could stick my leg into an MRI machine and see the swelling in my knee or shin splints or the stress fracture or anything like that. You can't stick your head into any machine and have them go, oh, you're dealing with depression. That's something that you and a therapist can talk through. That's something that you need to be able to say to yourself, I need to get some help. And BetterHelp is here to do that for you. I believe in therapy. I have gone through therapy. I have lost people in my life who should have gone through therapy. And so I will be the biggest, loudest advocate for getting therapy that there you will find. Now, BetterHelp is the large, the world's largest therapy service. They've matched 3 million people with professionally licensed embedded therapists available 100% online, and it's affordable. And the beauty of this is you don't have to find somebody within your area. You just fill out a questionnaire and match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. And you don't have to talk. It doesn't have to be a video chat. It can just be phone call. Don't want to do a phone call? It can be text. It can be email. It can be however you want to do it. The most important thing is that you do it. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash MBA. That's better, H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com slash MBA. Matt Moore on the Tuesday Lockdown MBA podcast had a stat since 2003 up until this season. Teams above 500 beat teams below 500 70% of the time. This year, as of uh, Tuesday, heading into the Tuesday games, it was happening 56% of the time. And so that's the two. Now you get Tuesday and Wednesday games, and the Celtics haven't helped that percentage at all. So that percentage is probably a little bit lower, but either way, 56% of the time. Versus 70% of the time, so a 14% drop-off in teams above 500, beating teams below 500. So th- there's no there's no cakewalk in the NBA anymore. There's just not. And so the Celtics, if they come in thinking, oh, hey, look, we came out, we we played this first four minutes, and we, it's 11-5. We're cool. This is good. All right, we're going to relax. We're just going to chill out. Very obvious we're better than the Indiana Pacers, so we're good. 
And then the Pacers come storming back because they've got Tyrese Halliburton, who is awesome. 33 points, eight assists in this game, 12 of 24 shooting, six of 13 from three. Unreal game from Tyrese Halliburton. They have guys like um, Andrew Nembard, rookie, who makes a contribution, makes some good big plays. They get guys like Benedict Matherin, who didn't have the best game in the world here, but made big plays and had some contributions. Chris Duarte, who we've seen hit shots against the Celtics before, two clutch baskets at the end of the third quarter. That third quarter stretch there at the end of the third, I think Malcolm Brogdon, so the Celtics get a, a stop. Brogdon gets the ball. The Celtics are up 11. I'm sorry, down 11. They're down 11. Brogdon with 56 seconds pulls up from a three for, for three. I think that that's a three for two type of thing. We know the two for ones where you get the ball around 40 seconds or so. You, you bring the ball up. You want to shoot with 31, 32, 33 on the clock. So you can get the ball back and have another possession. You want to try and steal another possession by taking that shot. Three for two basically adds one more possession to that mix because by taking the shot somewhere around the minute range, and this one was about 56 seconds or so, but taking that shot then eliminates the two-for-one opportunity for the other team. You come down, you work it around, and if you do that, then the other team gets the two-for-one, and you kind of like lose a possession there. But the problem is that at that point, it was, I don't think that was the situation. And I don't know if that was a little bit of hero ball for Malcolm Brogdon, if he was trying to stick it to his old team, or if he was just saying, hey, three for two, let's do it. That was a spot that needed a bucket. That was a spot that needed points. Now, of course, if he pulls up and he hits that, we go, wow, what balls to hit that shot. But that that possession needed points. They come down and they score. And Duarte hits. So it was O'Shea Brissett who hit the three first. He and Tatum trade three-pointers. But then Duarte hits two three-pointers sandwiched around Tatum free throws. And Celtics go from down 11 to down 15. Well, it was a four-point swing. They lost by five. That four-point swing going the other way, the Celtics, if they had, if they had scored – and and maybe taking it into the ha- into the fourth quarter down nine, maybe down eight, down seven, who knows? Well, that if you go down nine versus down 15, that's a six-point swing in a five-point game. And that's not exactly how it works. I'm not, it's that's I know how that logic some some of you might hear that logic and be like, no, John, that's not how it goes. But point is that. That spread, that difference, it's within the, we'll call it margin for error, where the Pacers could have actually lost this game. Because they have blown leads before. They have blown leads before. This was not out of the ordinary. They're a young team. They're in that Orlando mold. Young, talented, but still not 100% sure on how to win these games. But there's talent out there. You know, Buddy Heald can shoot. Miles Turner's playing great basketball. You heard Tony East talk about he's playing the best basketball of his career right now. Halliburton is a potential all-star. These other guys, there's, you know, we haven't even talked about Jalen Smith. Like there are real, really talented guys on this team. So you can't take a team like that lightly. 
And I think the Celtics either took them too lightly or thought it would be a little bit easier. And the Celtics just, when it came down to it, didn't make the, enough of the right plays, turn the ball over too much. Jalen Brown had a real rough game, not just shooting-wise, where he was 35% from the field and one of five from three. Four turnovers. He just he just continues to have poorly timed turnovers. But the Celtics didn't get much from anybody else either. Al Horford had some real defensive lapses. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if it's the baby keeping him up. I don't know what's going on there, but he did not look fresh at all. Derek White is in a certified slump. Slump. Big hard P at the end of that because he was putrid in this game. 0 of 7, 0 of 3 from 3. He has hit, in three games in this homestand, he has hit two field goals. In three games, he has hit two shots, and none of them from 3. 0 for 3 in each of the three games at home. He is in a big-time slump. So that needs to be figured out. And again, I believe... Derek White is the bellwether for, for this offense. When Derek White gets back on track, and I expect him to get back on track, yes, there's, there's a little bit of a regression to the mean here. No one expected him to shoot 50% from three. But once he gets back on track, I'm willing to bet the Celtics start winning games by 10 and 15. The assists will start going up through the roof, even though they had 26 assists in this game. The it just didn't feel like I think a lot of those. In fact, I'm gonna look. I bet a lot of those came in the second half. 18 of them came in the second half. So eight came in the first half. So that there you go. That that proves my point. And I didn't even know that split before I, I just called it up. First half, eight assists, second half, 18. And the ball was touching the paint, very aggressive, ball was moving. That's what it takes. Robert Williams looked good again. He was huge in keeping shots, keeping possessions alive. I thought it was really, you know, he was he was really big in that regard. He played 22 minutes in this one. That's a five-minute uptick from the last two games, so that's good. We'll see how he responds after that. Celtics do not have a practice on Thursday. They originally had one scheduled, but now they don't. They're going to let the guys rest, which is fine. I was surprised that they even had one scheduled. So we'll see how he, he recovers from that, how he comes in against Minnesota. That's going to be a tough matchup. Minnesota's got size uh, that he's going to have to deal with. But it's good to see the uptick in minutes. The bottom line here for this game, half good, half bad. Celtics, what, what are they going to be moving forward? Are they going to realize? The, the, the evidence is so freaking clear. It is so clear and so obvious. Play hard, play unselfish basketball, play good team basketball. You will be awesome, and everybody eats. I'm telling you, stop thinking about yourselves to whatever degree you're thinking about yourselves. Play good basketball. Play smart basketball. Just move the damn ball. Attack when it's appropriate to attack. Set the picks. Move. Get the shots, get the open looks, take the open looks. They will start to fall. But 
attack. Get to the paint. You got to get into the paint. And when you get there, if help is coming, you've done your job. Get off the ball. Pass it. Stop thinking about yourselves. Because eventually, as I've said a million times here, and I'm willing to bet a few of you are going to repeat what I'm about to say. When you play the ball, when you play basketball the right way, the right guys get the right stats. That's that is an unquestionable rule in the game of basketball. If you play the game the right way, the right guys are going to get the right stats. The passers will get the assists. The scorers will get the points. The rebounders will get the rebounds and the shot blockers will get their block shots. When you play basketball the right way and everybody's worried simply about making the next right play, the right guys will get the ball in the right situation and they will do the right thing and they will do what they do best. That's it's simple, simple, simple stuff. You don't need me. You don't need anybody smarter than me. <laughs> you know, if I can figure this out, it's easy to figure out. It's so damn simple. Get back to playing that style of basketball. Just get back to free, free-flowing, carefree basketball. Then it'll be fun again. It'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to listen to the podcast again. For those of you who haven't, maybe you're like, ah, I'll give it, I'll give them a chance. I get it. I see the numbers. I know that people don't listen when they lose. I know. But everybody wants this to be fun again. And that's the simplest way to get it to be fun again. Get out there and just play some damn basketball, guys. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see you all here on the podcast, watching, listening, and all of that. So if you're a new listener or watcher and you're here at this point, hopefully that means you are willing to smash that subscribe button, ring the bell on YouTube so you get notified when new shows drop. Hop into the comments section, have some fun. Some opposing fans are starting to trickle in because everybody wants to dance on the grave of the Celtics. Not that there is a grave to dance on because they're still tied for the most wins in the NBA, but everything's doom and gloom right now. Hop into the comment section, have fun there. And if you are a regular listener, thank you so, so much. I know you're heading into the holidays now. When you get together with your family, with your friends, tell them all they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.